Today is January 15th. It's wildcard weekend for the NFL, and there's nothing wild about this offseason still. But we're going to take a look at some development conversation buzzing right now. You're listening to the Bridge to Bucktober podcast. Yins guys, thank you for listening to the Bridge to Bucktober podcast where we talk all about them Pittsburgh Pirates and that. My name is Josh and I'm joined as always by my brother Jake. What's up, Jake? Hey man, how's it going? Um, It's going all right. I just, as I was doing the intro, as I was reading it, realized I didn't get water. So we're going sans water for this thing. I've got about... Listen, I loaded up. Before we started, I told you to hold on a minute. So I got my cherry Coke and I got a Mountain Dew ready to, to go. There you go. You're ready to go. I've got like... Ready to go. I've got like three, four I drinks. I got all the caffeine. Yeah. I've got like three, four drinks of my... Uh, <laughs> of my monster left. <laughs> so we're rocking and rolling. <laughs> I've been dealing with some stuff in the throat, man. It's just so dry right now. Yeah. I'm coughing up a lot so of So you're going and... with carbonated sugary beverages. Yes, absolutely. Get yeah. that roughness in there. You I know, got rough you. it up. <laughs> Love just it. rough it up a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm just going to start this off with last night we went to see Nate Bargatze. If you guys have not heard Nate Bargatze, man, he is so funny. Let's go check time. him out. Go check him out. It was a great time. We had floor seats. Unbelievable. The first time we went and seen him, we looked it up. I believe it was 2019. And uh, this show was so different. I mean, this we're in, what's it called? Nationwide Arena, downtown Columbus, where the mm-hmm. Columbus Blue Jackets play. And it's just like this whole arena is packed. And it's just a yeah. total difference from like the first time we went. And we went to a theater there and it was... You know, it was it was you know big, but not big, right? You couldn't hardly get to a parking garage. There was so much traffic. We literally there was like five openers. We barely made it for. Well, we did see one opener, and you know they have a five minute set. You know what I mean? So we right we were cutting it close. Yeah, and I'm sure there's not a lot of uh, tear down setup for like you know <laughs> they like walk off the 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 host. Comes back yeah. up and then <laughs> <laughs> the next guy walks on. You're ready to go. So very funny, very funny guy. Go check him out, man. If you haven't, um, man, not a whole lot going on. How many times are we going to start our show with that? Tell you what, man the 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 free agency the 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 whole off season as a whole seems like each year it just gets a little bit almost procrastinated again. Yeah, it you know stretches I mean? out, right? Yeah, yeah. It gets longer and longer. Uh, I heard somebody. I heard somebody talking about it, and they were referring to it as, uh, in comparison to like some of the other sports, like basketball. Free agency hits, boom, everything's done. The NFL free agency opens, boom, everything's done. Mm-hmm. Baseball free agency opens, deal here, deal there, deal here, deal there. We're gonna hold off till almost spring training. Like you're driving our the fan base insane. All those have deadlines. Yeah. 
There's no it's deadline. It's true line. Yeah. And there should be. They need to figure something out. There should be a deadline. December 31st. I don't care. You know what I'm saying? You have to have your free agent sign. Like, there's no signings in January, February. Something like that. Or at least, like, the month of January. I don't know. They've got to be creative. They're changing all these rules. Do something now. Yeah, I think so. So, so here's... Yes, it would be good for people like podcasters and and, and journalists and all that to <laughs> get everything in and get it done. We have a bunch to talk about. Then what in the world would we talk about in January and February? The same crap we've been talking about for the last month and a half. But not every team. No. You know what I mean? So you get these deals here and there, and there's some chatter going on about something usually. Okay. But the thing is, is you want to... I know that you're kind of downplaying it, saying, like, why, why are they going to do that for us? You know what I'm saying? And it's it's right. not necessarily for for us, but let's talk about an actual... <laughs> let's talk about MLB Network. Let's talk about ESPN. Let's talk about getting, uh, getting news out to people, buzz about your sport, promoting your sport, because there's news to talk about. And instead, it's just like every once in a while you hear something about baseball. Wouldn't it be better to actually hold something? And you know what I'm saying? Like, and I'm and I'm not saying this in like a let's just talk about Rob Manfred's job, right? As a as as all the things that he's trying to do is to make it more appealing, to make it more popular, to make to get people talking about baseball in a sense. And like this would still fall under that. Uh, under that uh, umbrella. word. Yeah, sure. Not where I was going, but that one works. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Like it, it would fit that mold to say, yeah. this is what I'm, this is why I'm doing this, right? Yeah. It's, it's part of promoting the game. It's part of creating buzz, creating newsworthy things and to make stuff. And that's not even December 31st. I mean, that obviously that's just me saying, throwing a date out there, but that's not even short. That gives you a little over a full month, but mm-hmm. like the winter meetings happened the like the first week of December, pretty much first full week yeah. of December, and that's used to be when it all got done. It would go back to that yeah. if you knew you only had till December. Because the thing is, is who's holding this up right now? And this is why this won't happen because the players' union will never sign off on it. But the players are the ones holding this up right now because they're just their agents are not going to sign. Yeah. Now. Do you blame them? I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, you're, yeah, you're, you're telling me at this point, like, why wouldn't I wait for the chips to fall so that I can maximize my earnings at the same time? Right. I just feel like it's a smart move in that sense. So they're not going to, they're not going to change that. They don't want to change that. They want to be able to push it, push it, push it. Now, I think as we get a little closer, we're already starting to see a couple guys in the deals that they got kind of thinking, boy, I had them maybe making more than that. But, you know, Marcus Stroman turns down a one-year 21 to sign a two-year at 18.5 AAV. So he'll make less money this year than he would have. However, he's got an option for a third year. Uh, Every player, every time, is going to take more guaranteed money over top of more AAV for a shorter term. Like, if it's less yeah. money, it's less money. I don't care how much I made in one year, it's less money. 
And the only reason in baseball that you would go that route is that's guaranteed money. It's not like mm-hmm. the NFL where it's like, well, if I make 10 and 10 and then I get hurt, I don't make the other two 10. Or if I don't do well, I don't make the other two years if it's a four-year 40 or something like that. Where in baseball, right. it's like, yeah, you could, other than getting in trouble with the law or just quitting, you're getting paid. Mm-hmm. I guess you could even just retire. and I think you still get paid. I don't really know how that works. I'm not sure about that. <laughs> but it's guaranteed money. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I, yeah, I don't know if, if you retire, do you forfeit your contract? That's a good question. But Probably get a buyout. Yeah, maybe. Maybe there's a buyout in that. I don't really know. But either way, uh, I think it does need to be. I think something needs to be in there. And I think the reason for that is is not for news, but to kind of push the envelope. It's going to do two things. It's going gonna, it's gonna to make teams be more aggressive. They're going to know that they have a shorter window. And it's going to make players, you know, it's going to make players and agents act on what they think is fair instead of saying, well, I would actually take this. This is actually a good deal, but let's wait and see what after this guy signs if somebody else comes in with something better. Instead, you would just go after what you would want and yeah. and take it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so I, I don't really know. I'm all about players making money, obviously. That's been a thing for me. I want the players to make the money. They are the product. They're the reason we go to games. They're the reason we buy merchandise. They're the reason we root for the team, so on and so forth. You go to the games to see the players. They should be getting the bulk of the money, right? So mm-hmm. that's just where I'm at. And I think most most people are kind of there. There are a few who want the owners to make a ton of money and want the players to stop crying. I that's your opinion and then you're fine. You have it. I don't care. It's, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's always like, that's, I'm not going to sit here and say that's dumb because it's somebody's opinion and they're entitled to it. So, right. Absolutely. You know, it it is what it is. But, uh, me personally, I, I, you know, I, I want, I want guys to, to get paid too, but I am also somebody who's like a personal preference kind of guy. And I would probably be that player to take less to go into something that fits me better. Right. Yeah, I don't see absolutely. much of a difference between 20 million and 15 million. You're still rich. <laughs> right. Right. I agree with that. <laughs> if it means 50, if it's 15 million to like for even for me, like to play for like a hometown team, like if, if the pirates were offering me less, I'd be like, what a dream it, since I was a kid, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? To play for the pirates. Of course, I'm going to sign with the pirates for less money. And there's like a hometown. Don't take a hometown discount. Why not? Like, I, well, I want to go there. If <laughs> I take less I money, play. that's $5 million I can spend on somebody else. Right. 100% I'm going to do that when you're talking between 15 and $20 million. Come on. 100% I would do that. <laughs> Same. My agent would hate me. <laughs> yep. yep. But if it, it's also, it would also be my preference to not be in a place like New York. I would probably prefer Pittsburgh. You know what I'm saying? Cleveland. Yeah. since Even Cincinnati. Uh, you know what I mean? I would probably prefer something like that. Now, if it's not my hometown team, I'm going to need to go to a team that's winning if I have that choice <laughs> at free agency, right? Right, right. But I but I wouldn't mind being in a little smaller place. That's just my pace. And I think that we saw a guy, as we can go into this kind of stuff, I think we saw a guy who decided to go to a bigger market. I think that was Sean. Now, I have... I have no proof of this. I have no nobody telling me anything, obviously. 
I don't know why. Right. I don't even right. why I clear. I don't even know why I clarify that anymore. That's obvious. <laughs> but anyway, I wonder if Sean Manaya was just like, no, nah, I want to go somewhere where I'm going to be seen. We know that we don't know. I'm sorry, we don't know. We know the pirates were in. We know. I think we know that they offered him money. I just don't think we know the amount. We don't know any amount or any years, um, and that is, and nobody knows that. Uh, to my knowledge. So you can roll your eyes all you want, but according to the things that I've heard, I'd be willing to bet they went multi-year for him. I'd just be willing to bet that. Yeah. Um, And like I said, okay, losing that bet, but I, I just think according to the things that we've heard that they were willing to go there with him. And it was a just, it was a no. Long before he signed, we had heard that they offered him a contract and he said no. Even before he had a suitor. <laughs> and so to me, that's either he doesn't believe in what we're doing, which is fair. I mean, once again, he's entitled to his opinion. Mm-hmm. But also, I wonder if it's, I mean, he ended up going to New York for money that I really think he's getting paid the same as people who aren't as good as him. I think we said this on last week's show. Right. Yeah. But anyway, I just think maybe he wanted to be in a bigger place. Yeah, so let's I mean, go ahead and go there. Let's let's stay on that topic, Jake, because you right before we hit record, you said, "Oh, don't forget to talk about Imanaga." Mm-hmm. You want to set that up? I just you know the article on on the trade rumors page is that the Pirates were in on him. He signed a four year contract with the Cubs. I mean, kind that's of. a bigger market, yeah. Kind of, yeah. So, really interesting contract, right? Mm-hmm. It's essentially a two year contract. That could end up being a five-year contract. Yeah. And it's super creative, but it's not expensive. Right? It's $15 million a year. Right. So, yeah. I mean, I, I, I there's no doubt that I believe the Pirates were competitive. They would have to, almost have to be. Right. Look I at mean, the market. Gonna... If I mean... <laughs> Yeah, they were saying, you know, just to play play with that, you know, they would have had to gone above the uh, Francisco Liriano deal. Sure. Of 39, you know, so, I mean, it's, that's a commitment well, to the Pirates organization. Maybe. Unless they offered two years, 30 million. Yeah. You know true. what I'm saying? It, unless yeah. they offered two years, 30. And, and, that's, and that's where I'm going with this is like, essentially, what you have here is a two-year... $30 million contract, unless he pitches well. He pitches well, the Cubs have an option to make it a five-year 80, right? And if yeah. they decline it, then he has the option then to opt out, right? So then the mm-hmm. same thing happens after the third year. They get another option. So let's say he he says, no, I'm going to go ahead and stay here instead of opting out, okay? He opts into that third year. After the third year, they have the same option. Five years, 80. And if they say no again, he again has the opportunity to leave. So you start with, I think, four years, right? I think it's four years, 15 a year. Is that is yeah. that right? It's four years, 60. Yeah. Okay. So if, if, if the Cubs say, no, I don't want to make it $20 million more, and he says, I want to stick around, which means he's not doing well. <laughs> right. It, it becomes a four year 60 if he's not doing well. If he's doing well, it's either 580 
or it's two fifteen or two for thirty. Like, and then he's, you know, what I'm saying if he's doing well and they don't want to extend it to five and eighty, then he goes into free agency guaranteed. Yeah, you know, it'd be silly not to. Right. If you if you think on you his can, end, yeah, yeah. If you think you can make that, so and if he's doing really well, there's no doubt he's going to be able to make more than fifteen a year. So. I guess the thing is, is, you know, it's been reported multiple times. People talk about it all the time. For whatever reason, known to man, Pirates don't do opt-outs. They don't do all these tricky contract stuff. I don't know why. It just doesn't make sense to me. I don't get it. (laughs) Why not be creative with some of these things? I would do incentive-based things. I think that that's in favor of what the Pirates are, are, you know what I mean, trying to do. If you could have yeah. signed that exact deal and the Pirates could have, from the very beginning, behind closed doors said, we're never picking up that 5-80, and 80, but we'll we'll let him think that it's possible. Sure. Even if they were that. <laughs> yeah. At least you said that you got a guy for two years. That's all we're asking for right now. <laughs> Give me a guy for 2-30. and 30. <laughs> I would love that. A left-handed pitcher for 2-30, and 30, I'd be happy with it. If he ends up leaving for free agency because he's dealing and we didn't pick up the the five and eighty, it's still a productive two and thirty. Mm-hmm. Like that's still a contract I'd be willing to say. If it was two and thirty the whole time, that's okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if you know, hopefully that's bridging you. I mean, we've got the guys that are coming, hopefully. More on that later. <laughs> but we've got the guys essentially, you know what I mean? If you're the front office, you believe that. And uh, yeah, I'm doing that deal every time, but they yeah. won't do those things. I, I feel like when you're in our spot as the pirates, you know, getting creative should be your ML. Yeah. I think create, yeah. Creativity would be a really good thing to be when yeah. you, you know what I mean? There are scenarios that we could drum up. If we were going to take the time to think, which people don't want to wait for me and you to think, but, uh, you know, I feel like there are some, some creative contracts we could think up that would actually be beneficial. Even if it's all show, (laughs) even if we were going to say, we'll never, but like, imagine just saying like, Hey, we're going to, we know the pirates are afraid of risk. Mm-hmm. Now, they've never told us that. We we know that by context clues. <laughs> They're afraid of risk because they think if we sign this big deal and it doesn't work out, we're going to be screwed. Because why why do you think that is, Josh? Because they get scrutinized no matter what they do by by all of us. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's just the di- I can't believe they sent them for Chris Archer. Are you kidding me? If that, this is sounding good right now, man. You're really going good. Yeah, I told you I've been dealing with some stuff. Mm -hmm. But like, you know, if that deal would have been the other way around, they would have been praised for it. You know what I mean? What do you mean, Chris Archer? If Chris Archer would have came in and been the the Cy Young candidate, Chris Archer version, yeah, you know, then it would have been a great. You know, they would have been praised for it. Mm -hmm. But in turn, the whole organization blows up after that trade. You know what I'm saying? Like, well, I think well, I think the topic a little bit later also plays pretty heavily into this wrong. scenario. Maybe this was just maybe that was one of the things that was kind of the last. <laughs> yeah, I think that I think the point that you could make though is we would have criticized the Pirates 
if we had Archer and traded him for those players. Yeah. It would have been the same thing. It would have been the same exact conversation that's happening all the time. How many times do you hear it? I watched a, a YouTube video of somebody. I couldn't help but laugh. It was ridiculous. I Man, I just, I can't, I, I, I don't want to say anything else about it. Like, I don't want to call somebody out. But like right. listening to this person talk and the things that they said, they were able to, they were, they were criticizing the pirates for all things that we hear people criticize the pirates for. And you hear the cliches. Oh, I don't know who that is but he'll be traded in a couple of years anyway. Like, yeah. that's always the line. Like, oh, yeah, I don't know who that is, but he'll be traded in a couple of years anyway. Now He'll be a Yankee. The Pirates have done this to themselves, obviously. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I'm not, I'm not making excuses for the Pirates here. I'm not doing that. We are just as critical in certain situations. But like I said, even if Archer doesn't do well when he leaves, if he was ours, he, they would have been criticizing for trading him anyway. So it's it's the same sort of thing. It doesn't matter who you're trading. It's a critic. It's a criticism. And right. so you know, I I just you know, there's plenty to criticize without making stuff up, without being wrong about it, right? Right. And I mean, when you're pronouncing names wrong, like real wrong, real wrong, Jake, real wrong. I got to show you. I got to show you what I'm talking about later. <laughs> but also, just like, I mean, clueless man. And that's the thing is like we're barely we're barely scratching the surface and I'm not asking everybody to be as glued as we are, right? But if you're not I just I I don't know. I just don't understand. I see what you're saying about the the criticism and 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 how some of it is misguided. Yeah. Is is all. I guess yeah. that's all. Like I said, if I go too far down this path, it's going to sound like I'm <laughs> defending or making excuses. And that's not right. my that's not what I'm trying to do here, right? What right. we do here is we try to be fair about things, right? If there are things to be criticized, we will criticize them. If there are things to be praised, we will do the same. And if there are things that just make sense or don't make sense, we'll call them out as they are. To our knowledge, we're not right every time. We've got our takes, some good, some <laughs> bad. But the point is that you're doing your best to be fair and also we're a fan podcast. We're rooting for this team to do well. And right. that's probably the thing that gets under my skin more than anything is the Pirates followers who want them to do poorly. That's the thing I don't get. Like, their whole goal is to root against the Pirates. And that's silly. Yeah. I, I went a little bit off a little bit there. But I think that's where you were kind of even going there. Yeah, a little bit. So let's try to reel it back in here. Sure. Uh, there was two reports about Imanaga. Do you want to try to connect them? <laughs> we know the Pirates made an offer. We know somebody offered about double. Maybe the Pirates offered double for him. <laughs> All right, that I was doubt. fun while it lasted. Yeah, I'm sure that wasn't them. Uh, I think that they could have offered more than what he got. Let's say they offered him, and this is an example. Let's say they offered him three. With 18 per. No opt-out, no extensions, no anything. No options beyond that because we know they're not getting cute. Right. It's That doesn't equal... Wait, let me, let me, before I go jumping up here, saying things on, into a recording. I said 18, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, man, what'd I just do? Just making sure. 
Okay, I wanted the exact number, 54. That's mm-hmm. less than 60, yeah. right? So he mm-hmm. already knows he's guaranteed 60 with a potential for 80. If we if the Pirates offered more AAV, 18 million even, and we don't know that they're willing to go that far. Right. We we hope they are. We don't know. And quite frankly, for this player, I'm not sure I would. I've heard a lot of question marks too. I'm not sure this is the <laughs> this is the guy yet. Right. Right. So we'll see, but either way, the final report was that he already lived in Chicago when he came over here. He he settled in in Chicago, and he really liked it, and so he decided he wanted to stay there. Apparently, there was there was probably more offers that were actually more. Could have been, yeah, just like what you were alluding to earlier, you know? Yeah. Why take a hometown, hometown discount? Because this is where I want to be. I mean, he's liked it. Me. It's a fit for him. Um, I, Kind of. Dude, if there's one place this guy struggles, it's giving up home runs, and he's going to go to Wrigley? <laughs> good luck yeah I don't know man uh, are we okay that we missed out on him I'm a yes and no we need another pitcher yeah so if you get him for the same deal yeah I'm bummed we missed out if we had any more money on the table than that I just hope there's something else out there <laughs> we know that did Hicks sign with Toronto not Hicks the Toronto yeah, did Hicks sign with Toronto? No, where'd he go? You told me they were going to make him a starter. Yeah, wherever he went. Which is why... Giants. Okay, he went to... Oh, man. Okay, so... Hmm. That brings us to uh, the other guy in the scenario, which is Yario Rodriguez. And now it's kind of like, hey, the chips are falling, Ben. Who are we going to get? Uh, there are people out there who have question marks about Yario Garcia. Listen, here's the deal. The Pirates aren't in play for guys that there aren't question marks about. Who is there not question marks about right now? Right. Who? Right. Is, I mean, Jordan Montgomery. I got no question marks about Jordan Montgomery. <laughs> he doesn't right. come with a draft pick compensation. He doesn't have like a really outlier of a like, oh, I don't know. Right? But if you tell me, that Blake Snell's in the cards. I'm like, I don't know. Five innings a start. If you go more <laughs> than that, he's not going to be Cy Young Blake Snell. So right. I don't I don't know how much I go for him. And there's rumors that he turned down 150 or 160, something like that. And I'm just like, ah, I, there are question marks there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you have to use him a certain way. And if you do, he'll be incredible. <laughs> but... I don't know if that's my guy, right? Yeah, I mean, if you have him, you have to have a full pitching staff. Jordan Montgomery really, like, he showed up in the postseason in a way that just makes you feel like, yeah, if I've got him for four or five years, uh, I feel pretty good about it. Dylan Cease, you have something on Dylan Cease here. He comes with question marks, too. Yeah, I mean, he's had his ups and downs for sure, but when he's on, he's on, man. And they, they, they did say all 29 teams have reached out and asked about him. How far the all 29 teams went with their inquiries is unknown. But right. it's, it's, I only bring up these couple things that, you know, the Pirates were in on him, Imanaga, the Pirates touched base with the White Sox. Like they're in on Yario they're Rodriguez. In. They're in they're on, in on Yari 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 Sean Rodriguez. Manaya. 
you know, we're hearing that they're actually trying. They're just not getting deals done. Again, I think we've said this before. We're not here to make it like get the deal done, you know, get it done. That's the deal. That's it. But cross the but, finish line. I mean, we're not looking as a fan base. We are looking at, were they even interested? Were they even trying? Okay. So now we're seeing, yeah, you were at least involved in a conversation, but how hard are you trying now? Now that we're seeing you're trying, get a deal done yeah. with one of these, one of these names, right? You know? Yeah. And we understand that if they were ever in play for maybe a certain dollar amount after the Oviedo injury thing came through, we kind of thought like, well, that's going to kill that number. It's going to mm -hmm. be lower now because that's an extra arm that they have to replace. And that's, you know, that's just being realistic. Now, once again, let's go back. I don't know why we have to do this all the time, but we do, right? <laughs> because let's 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 open the let's open the book and show the whole thing. I'm not saying that that should necessarily happen, but we know that they have a dollar amount that they're willing to spend or that Sherrington is allowed to spend. Let's just say that. And this isn't making excuses for Sherrington either. There's, there, I'm just stating what we know, right? There's a dollar mm -hmm. amount that he has that says, this is your budget. Travis Williams talks to him and says, this is what you're allowed to spend. And if he's sitting here saying, well, if I get this, 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 and this, and we budget it and we have this much to spend and we're going to get to this point, and all of a sudden you have another starting pitcher, you just had to put another name on that list. You still didn't get any more money to spend. Right, right. Now, maybe Sherrington could go knock on the door and be like, hey, this happened. Can I get more? Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I've seen people say like, oh, he's going to use this as an excuse now or, or a reason and there's a difference, but also I still think that this team is better positioned if they can get, like, they still need to get a starter. That's a big thing. Yeah. But I don't think he's going to need to make excuses. No. Like, if they lose 100 games and you say, why? And he says, well, Oviedo got hurt and Andy got hurt. That's making an excuse because you know that those two players didn't, they wouldn't have put you over the edge. Like you lost a hundred games. Yeah. Outside of something crazy like that, it doesn't have to be a hundred. It could even be, you know, it could even be 90 at this point. There's no excuses to make. <laughs> right. Look at this roster. What kind, when, when do you have to make an excuse for this roster? You know what I'm saying? 90 to a yeah. hundred losses. If you're better than 90 to 100 losses, then it's kind of like, yeah, that's kind of what we thought. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah, they're, they're going to be where they were last year or better, or maybe a couple games worse. And then, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just baseball's baseball, right? We don't know. Right. right. So, you know, you'd hope it's better. You'd hope just by natural progression, it's better. But mm -hmm. that, I mean, if, if, if O'Neill Cruz goes down again, <laughs> <laughs> if somebody else, if you know, Reynolds goes down, if something like that would happen, you know, anything can happen in baseball. So it's not, you know. Yeah. Th th that's when you start saying, like, th there's no reason to make an excuse unless those things happen. And last year, they, they increased fo by 14 wins. And O'Neill Cruz did get hurt. You didn't have to use that as an excuse. There's no excuse to be made. You increased by 14 wins. There's no, right. there's no reason to make an excuse. Right. If anything, 
you're going to say, tell me what your excuse is on why you didn't spend. There's a reason to make an excuse. Because I don't think you spend enough, right? Why haven't right. you? Right, yeah. And I'll say it this way. Why haven't you shown us that you've been more aggressive? Because there's that's been a big thing. I thought he was going to be aggressive. Well, we don't know yeah. he hasn't. Right. We just know right. he can't cross the finish line. You know what I'm saying? We've actually heard at least four people that there's contracts being offered. He said at Pirates Fest, and I don't believe he's going up there. There's no nothing to gain from lying. Right. So he said, we've offered multi-year contracts. To me, that's like, okay, if you don't say that, then I'm saying, why not? But if you do say that, then I say, why haven't you crossed the finish line? Like, it, it's not going to change the next question being why. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's still, you're not, you're not helping by saying that. But you're changing the narrative of why. Sure. You're just changing the, the why. Mm-hmm. So anything else on the rumors? I think that's think basically so. about it. Yeah. It was uh it was good. So uh some some uh, arbitration stuff to get through before we get into the into the development baseball America conversation uh that has been all across everywhere. So uh, we just want to kind of give our piece on that, but uh Kranich was claimed by the Mets and then now let's get into arbitration. Uh we already knew Baraki uh reached a deal 1.6 uh Keller 5.4 Brubaker 2.275 Bednar 4.51, Olivares 1.35, and Connor Joe 2.125. Um, I think it's like if you add all the projections up, it's like projections are projections. They're whatever. They're close is how you say it. Yeah. I think it's like a million off what the projections was, give or take a couple hundred thousand or something like that. So it's right around where it was kind of projected to be. Uh, nothing really to say here. It's a really good thing that they don't have to go to a hearing. Yeah. Everybody's done. Nobody's left. You got, I mean, that's clean. If I was a GM, yeah, this would be priority number one. If I was running what I was uh, bragging to be a player centric organization. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I and I know that that's not the, what that, that means, room. but yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't want to go into that room. No, mm-hmm. especially with guys that you, you know, you, I mean, Keller specifically, Bednar possibly. The, you don't want to go to that room with those guys. Mm-mm. So good that they got them done. Um, good on the team and the players that they got it done. Um, I just think that's better for everybody. All right. Yep. Let's get into this Baseball America article. For those of you who don't know, who haven't heard um, some of the other podcasts, podcast this week talk about it there was a baseball america article written um jj cooper brought this out put it up on twitter everybody read the tweets um may i'm not sure if they went in and read the article and and saw it at its full depth i would imagine the podcasters did right then everybody does their homework a lot of this i'll set it up by saying that we're all on all of us we're unsurprised we've all been thinking this (laughs) <laughs> We've all been thinking that, yeah, we kind of understood this. That's what mm-hmm. I think that was in our minds. And we're saying, like, well, yeah, that's why Huntington was fired. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I don't know that, right? <laughs> I don't know that, but we assume that that some of this is part of it. The thing is, is we like to say, or don't like to say, but we tend to say, was well, development was terrible. You never developed pitchers. 
And I think a lot of this article is kind of giving people the ability to say that. Look, they don't develop. Uh, let me ask you this before I start going off. What were your thoughts on when you read this? What were kind of your thoughts uh, other than like, duh, but like, you know, did you have something else that you were maybe thinking that you thought was interesting or, you know, go, just go. <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly, when I read this, I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's basically what we've all seen and all wanted to say. And, but honestly, I was just unmoved by this article. Like it just wasn't phased by it because it just didn't bring anything to light that we didn't already know. How do you look at this and you say, okay, um, I'm trying to see how I want to pose this question to you. And I know that everybody already has a lot of, of kind of thoughts on this, but when you think through all of the, like the different players that have come through and whether they, whether like we think of Rowanzi Contreras, you, you know what I mean? Then we think, well, but he's not, he came over in a trade. It's a little bit different. You know what I mean? Or Joe Musgrove is the same sort of thing. Like you were like, well, you know, are we getting anything for, no, we're not getting it for Joe Musgrove because he came over via trade. Right. So you don't get any of that. Um, the idea behind this is literally the headline of this article is not which MLB teams are best and worst at developing pitchers. That's not what the headline of this article is. Right. The headline is which MLB teams are the best and worst at drafting pitchers. If we're not talking about a pitcher that we drafted, we're not talking about anything in this article. Nothing. Right. Nothing in this article. Also, it only goes back to 2012 because prior to that, they could spend whatever they wanted. This is based on... Uh, the current rules. The current rules. The, the bonus draft money, all that mm -hmm. stuff. We're looking at uh, you know, a window. right? We're looking at a window of time. 2012 to 2019 different front office, different development team, different personnel, right? So it's mm -hmm. a little bit of a weird situation when you think of the Pirates. Let's, uh, wait, you know what? Let's go back in time a little bit because we didn't actually talk about this, right? The Pirates are really bad. If you haven't heard anybody else, the Pirates are really bad at this. Historically, yeah. since 2012, they have not drafted well. They have not drafted slash developed well, Right. And right. quite frankly, bottom of the league. Mm -hmm. And they're using basically three stats, runs against per nine, fielding independent pitching, and probably one of the most important ones that you and I have talked about this entire offseason, major league innings. Yeah. And explain, go ahead and explain fielding independent pitching. All of the things that take fielding out of the way, right? So strikeouts, walks, home runs, things like that. Anything that's that's uh, a fielded ball, essentially, out of because like what you're saying is like okay, well yeah, because my shortstop's better than yours, I have a better ERA than you. It takes all of that out, right? I could give you the exact, um, I could give you the exact thing for fielding independent pitching. Give me a second here. Okay, I so here it is. More clear pictures. So. Okay, so here's a more clear picture. It measures a pitcher's effectiveness at preventing home runs and walks and hit by pitches and causing strikeouts. So essentially what I just said, I left hit by pitches out. 
Um, it's set that, uh, let's see, the constant. Oh, okay, this is different. Okay, that's different. But but essentially, it's, it's based on that. Um, the league average says the constant is set that each major league average FIP is the same as the major league average ERA. That's what the... There's like a constant in there. So it's thir- this is example, 13 home runs plus three walks plus hit by pitches minus two strikeouts divided by innings pitched plus constant. So <laughs> it's just that, you know what I mean? But, but essentially what it is is like if it's a batted ball, it doesn't count. We're not, gonna, we're not even going to count it. We're literally looking at how you do fielding is gone. Okay. Mm-hmm. And this is a really good stat for pitchers because it, it gives you the ability to say like, okay, but it, like, I think the I think the thing going around this week was like JT Brubaker, his FIP is really good and his ERA is not or whatever, and it's just basically because you're saying, wow, if he had a good defense behind him, he'd be really good. <laughs> and so I think that's um, I don't really know how true that is about him. I'm actually going to click on it right now and see if this is something that's. Yeah, I mean a, a 392 last year and with an ERA of 469. It's a 0.77 difference, which is a pretty big difference between the two. And so maybe that's it. 0.86 difference uh his first year in 2020, a 408 FIP with a 494 ERA. So yeah, I mean that's a that's a pretty big gap. You know, if you're getting good defense or you could use that as like a batting average on balls and play type of thing where you could say like, hey, this guy's ERA is high, but his FIP is low, which means he could actually like, he could trend better than what he's doing if he just gets maybe some, it's not necessarily just getting good fielding behind him, but like balls are going in between players. If they start going at players, he's going to have a lot more success. Um, sure. But anyway, it says in here that Mitch Keller's slow development, Quinn Priester's rough debut and Shane Baz, who we traded, but we drafted, so that matters. Uh, his Tommy John surgery and kind of delaying his, you know, MLB time has right. all played a role in this. But the main note is that there haven't been later round success stories either, which is extremely true. Um, and a big key thing as we talk about this, uh, as we let's kind of get to the meat and potatoes of this thing. I mean. One of the things that it says is, is, is that it's discouraging for a team that has signed 21 picks in the top 50 since 2012. And I've heard people reference this. And I got to say, it's been very misleading mm-hmm. for a listener to hear because we're all talking about 21 players signed that were drafted in the top 50 picks of their draft. And... They're not all pitchers, guys. It's not that we failed on 21 guys. Right. And I think that this goes back to, like I said, we're talking about players, only players that are drafted. Now, I'm I'm not going to say, like, this is an interesting situation when you talk about your own team. Because you might be like the Pirates who say, well, we've got a different development staff since 2020. So things are different supposed to be (laughs) different from 2020 on. And I I just want to read this line that, that I haven't heard anybody else talk about. Uh, But this says that the study that they did is weighted toward teams, which had success in 2012 to 2017, more so than the teams who've drafted excellent in recent years. 
I'm not saying we've drafted excellent. I'm not saying, right. <laughs> I'm literally like you guys draw that conclusion. What I'm saying is that the reason this is the case is because they're only using MLB statistics. They're not using minor league statistics. So when you look at a draft pick, you got he's got to have time to get there because the development matters. Because uh, what was the what was the words here? Evaluation of actually getting the player and then actually signing the player. The Pirates, we talked about this. Pirates drafted Walker Bueller and Nick Lodolo and didn't sign either one of them. Mm-hmm. And and more guys than that, but you know what I'm saying? Like they drafted some guys that maybe could have helped this. <laughs> but anyway, I started looking through because you know I can't read something, think something, and then not look something up. Right. Because <laughs> this causes right. interest to me. So I started thinking, well, who who did we miss out on? What is the case here? Because I want to go all the way back to the draft. Mm-hmm. To me, that's what's important here. And I started looking, and I started looking. And it's we. this started in 2012, Jake. Do you know that the first pitcher that I found drafted in the top 50 players by the Pirates was in 2017? 2017. Shane Baz, Stephen Jennings, their first two picks. 12th overall, 42nd overall. So we've got one with Tommy John and one, I don't know where Stephen Jennings is now. (laughs) (laughs) Right? And then the very next year, in 2018, drafted Braxton Ashcraft, who was just added to the 40-man, 51st overall. He's not included in that. Right. But still, 51st overall. Mm -hmm. And then Quinn Priester, 18th overall. Neil Huntington, from 2012 to 2019, drafted three pitchers within the top 50 picks of the draft. Three of them. Drafted and signed. Drafted and signed. You're right. Good good correction. I mean, the very first one was Mark Appel, which right. obviously dodged a bullet there. Uh, <laughs> but you start to look down through these drafts, and, you know, there's been enough about Neil Huntington. Maybe offensively or positionally, he really didn't draft terrible players. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's some guys. There's some Austin Meadows. You know what I'm saying? There's Adam Frazier, mm-hmm. Chad Cool. This is just the, the 2013. But there's no pitchers in that top 50. Now, there is a Blake Taylor that was drafted 51st overall. Um, I'm not familiar with him. He pitched one. M- uh, he's got five games <laughs> in the major leagues. So <laughs> he's got to save 306 ERA. Obviously, that's, you know, you know what I'm saying? This isn't mm-hmm. a success story. And then you, you keep going, and you've got the first two picks in the next season was Cole Tucker, Connor Joe, before picking Mitch Keller, 64th overall. Doesn't count in that 21 that everybody's complaining about, right? But mm-hmm. also, why? I mean, you're waiting till you, the second round to get a pitcher and got a couple, but then still, like Jordan Luplo was in that draft. You know what I'm saying? Like, but it's all these late round guys that aren't working out. There's a lot of pitchers right. down the row here mm-hmm. not working out. You know what I'm saying? And this is this is that's when you go into development. But you wonder about who you're drafting. Look at look at 2015. Kevin Newman, Key Brian Hayes, Kevin Kramer. You finally get to a pitcher, 127th overall, Jacob Taylor. You know, don't know. But two after that was JT Brubaker, 187th overall. I thought he was a catcher. Jake Taylor, yeah. 100%. <laughs> There's a lot of names on this list that didn't work out. But to say, well, they've signed 21 
of the top 50 picks is kind of like, I really wish the article would have said how many pitchers. Right, because it's only You're three. only talking, well, it's only three from Huntington. I guess once you get a little bit further, right, you, there, there's, there's some others uh, that Sherrington drafted that are in the top 50, right? Three from Huntington. And I'm going to fast forward here because we've got, we've got to get to Sherrington's draft picks because I've also heard that the Pirates have not improved in this. And I can't defend whether they have or not, but I also don't think that it's fair to say that we haven't. Right. Let's talk about, let's talk about Quinn Priester. Let's talk about Braxton Ashcraft. Even I'm going to go back to the, to the, cause that's a little, that's a little bit older. Um, Ashcraft was was 2018 in the Swaggerty uh, draft. Colin Selby, Cam Aldred. It's really the only three. And then 2019, you've got Quinn Priester. You got to go all the way down to the fourth round before they pick another pitcher, J.C. Flowers, who we just heard good things about last weekend, but I don't know much if any of that's there. But, uh, you know, not a whole lot there. But Quinn Priester, 18th overall. Drafted by Huntington, developed under Sherrington. If if Quinn Priester works out, I can't give Sherrington that victory. He did not evaluate and draft Quinn Priester. According to this article, it's about the draft. Not a development is secondary. So if he developed Braxton Ashcraft and Quinn Priester mostly, I say he. That's another thing. It's not really on Sherrington, right? He's not actually down there doing the work. He's just hiring the people right. to do the work. So the people right. that he's hiring to do the work, it's getting done, but he doesn't get credit for that draft pick. And this is about drafting. So I, I can't give Sherrington any credit for that according to what this article is saying. Right. There are all You could write an article to give him credit for it if you want to. I'm just saying, per this article, the fact that we're talking about where the Pirates stand at the very, like at the bottom of this list... It's about drafting. So let's talk about the ones that Sherrington draft because we want to get an idea. We're Pirates fans. We want to get an idea. Are we doing anything right? His very first pick, pitcher. We're only talking pitching. His very first pick was 31st overall in a in a comp round 2020. Carmen Majinski, the one who just made his debut. The one who has had so far, what, 39 innings, but they've been good. Yep. Okay. That's not enough to convince me, Jake. <laughs> right? That's not a, that's not quite enough. You've got a college arm, a four-year college arm, who made a, a, a decently, you know, a decent path to the majors. He did move to the bullpen during that process, which was a good move. Um, and and that's fine. That that's considered here. Yeah. You know, in the article, they talked about it. After him in the second round was Jared Jones, the guy that everybody was talking about at Pirates Fest players. Right. And knocking on the door. And every time somebody talks about who's going to pitch for the Pirates in 24, his name always comes up. Okay. This is a this is a high school arm. Right. This is a high school arm drafted by Sherrington and has made his way there. Okay. I'm listening. Right? Mm-hmm. I'm listening. Now, there are three pitchers after that. One of them, Nick Garcia, who uh, left in, a, in the Connor Joe trade. Mm-hmm. And the other two, I'm just Logan Hoffman, Jack Hartman. This is one. This is one of those things where you're saying, "What about those later round guys?" They're, they're you know, it's still a question mark. Now they are later round guys. It's probably less of a chance they work out. But so far, the 2020 draft, 2020 draft, 
So far, so good. Right. 2021, you drafted Henry Davis overall, right? And then 37th overall, Anthony Solomito. I mean, have you heard anything bad about him? <laughs> I have not. It's a high school arm. So far, so good. We, but there's no MLB innings. Same with Jared Jones. There's no MLB innings. And it seems like if 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 we're gonna if we're gonna be critical, you're right. We have yet to see kind of like those contracts. We have yet to see them cross the finish line. We have yet to see these guys. They do well. They do well. We've yet to see that successful jump to the major leagues. Right. So Which I'm not. Is, I'm not going to say that. Which is reasonable. Yeah. Well, but I'm just saying. I'm not I'm talking about a high school kid. You know, that's drafted just two years ago. It's reasonable. We haven't seen him yet. Yeah. You know what I mean? Hundred percent. And we're just saying, like, we're not saying this is. We're we're improving because we know right. that the biggest problem with the Pirates has been that AAA to major league gap. Mm-hmm. Can we make that jump? And so far, that's been sort of the issue. So. Anyway, all I'm saying is, though, is Solomito feels good right now. Mm-hmm. Right after him was Lonnie White, then Bubba Chandler. Feels good right now. I'm actually really high on Bubba Chandler. Really like him. <laughs> I think once he put the bat down, I think it's been laser-focused, and I'm excited to see him go. Yeah. Um, the second half of last year was really good, but that's another high school arm, right? This isn't that Carmen Majinski four-year college. Yeah, sure, it's going to work. Um, Owen Kellington was after that. And then, uh, you had to go pretty far down and then it was pretty heavy. Sean Sullivan. I've heard good things. I don't really, I'm, I'm not, you know, in there yet, but then there was like four, four pitches. So there's some late round guys. We'd like to see some of them work out 2022. It's the Tamar Johnson one. And then it's Thomas Harrington, who is what? Number six on our prospect list. All these guys I just named are all at the top of the list. Yeah. Uh, Hunter Barco, this is another, these are both like college arms who should move, you know, decently quick. Um, and then you start getting down into some of the later rounds and you hear, you know, some of the names that go through there. You want some of those to work out, but at the top, Thomas Harrington is within that top 50. So, so far he's drafted 2020 was Majinski in the top 50 and Jared Jones in the top 50. So that's now five, right? Mm-hmm. Solomito's in the top 50, and Thomas Harrington's in the top 50. So we're now at like seven top 50 pitchers of those 21, but five of them, or four of them, are like 2020. Right. And one of them's in the majors already. And I I think uh, there's some people saying future closer for Majinski. They're so <laughs> excited. Yeah. And then obviously last year, Paul Skeens, um, that one's going to be <laughs> probably pretty hands-off, I would I would assume. He's just going to you know get his command down and go dominate. Yeah. But then Xander Muth, um, outside of the top 50, obviously, but then Xander Muth was a draft pick, and then a bunch of pitchers, Jake. Like a bunch of them. Yeah, there's a lot. So the thing is, where do you go from here? Because... When I hear people say it's getting worse, I'm really struggling with that because you can't tell me that Roanzi Contreras plays. You can't tell me Luis Ortiz plays. You can't tell me that even Quinn Priester, if you're if you're somebody who already doesn't believe in Quinn Priester after looking at, at a cup of coffee, you can't even tell me that is is worse because those things don't apply to this article. 
Now, like I said, you can write your own article and, and I might agree with you. Yeah. But when people are coming out here and saying that they're the worst and it's getting worse to even say that this is even weighted 2017 and before the draft picks, because they know it takes time to actually show up and do it. Yeah. I, I'm just struggling with how far we've gone to hate without reason. I mean, the, to, to the point that it's weighted to teams who had success in those years. Granted, we had success in three of those years. Well, not with drafting and developing pitchers up quickly. Right, but they just they were in general, it's weighted towards the teams who, who, who were playing well. Oh, right? no, I, no, I think this is like who had success in doing this. Uh, okay. So, I, like, if I you would have drafted, if you would have drafted a Paul Skeens in 2012, and he came up in 2014, and he, and he, you know, he's pitched a ton of innings now, then that that looks good for you on this on this study. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I'm reading that in in the right context now. I was just, that's the way I'm reading. Either way, either, yeah, yeah. I mean, we were. I don't want to say buying pitching staffs then, but we were acquiring pitching staffs at that point when yeah. we were playing well. But. Is that not because we weren't? I mean, like it looks to me right. when I look through this that Huntington was just flat out not drafting pitchers. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like he's just like you're not going to have good success drafting pitchers if you don't draft very many of them. Now, obviously, he drafted Tyone and Cole. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And he had some of those guys that he drafted back then. So we're not. But once once this happened, and maybe it's just coincidental, he's just getting the guys he thought was the best. I'd like to see some of the pitchers that were drafted behind some of these guys like Travis Swaggerty and <laughs> Kevin Newman and Kevin Kramer. Right. And you know what I'm saying? Like what, what pitchers went after those guys were traded. And then that's where you say like your evaluation and your drafting. I said traded. I meant drafted. Yeah. Uh, to me, this is the biggest thing. We've really done a poor job at drafting pitching first. Mm -hmm. And then we know that development has also been bad. We know that under Huntington – and and his or whoever's idea it was, they were teaching everybody sinkers and not playing to their strengths, right? So right. Garrett Cole blew up after he left because somebody was like, Why are you doing this? Like you don't <laughs> you know what I mean? This isn't your right. game. And he's like, Yeah, I know. And then he said, Pitch your game, and he blew up, right? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like that there, there's a lot there, but I to me, I just felt like there was a lot of and maybe I'm missing the point. But to me, this was all about drafting and developing. But drafting first. Yeah. And that's why I say, like, if Quinn Priester wins a Cy Young, it's 50% on, on Sherrington's crew. Right. It's also 50% on the evaluators and the people who decided to draft him. Mm -hmm. This article doesn't care who's in charge. It's just telling you across the board, this is what we're seeing. Right. When will we say it's gotten better? Do this same study in five years and date it back to 2020 and tell me where they land. I have a feeling you're not going to see them at the top. <laughs> <laughs> I just still don't think you are, according to what we're looking at right now. But hopefully it's not last, Jake. Right. It's somewhere in the middle of the pack I'm okay with. I just, I, we couldn't go without talking about it and really just focusing on this one piece of it because I feel like it's just been missed. The, the, the point of this is not to say, 
Like, I guess in, in some organizations, if you've had the same people in charge since 2012, this is very telling. Yeah. And this is like, and, and, and some of those organizations say like, yeah, but we made a change in 2018 that we yeah, think, we think is, is improving things. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is just a story to tell. And I love it for that reason, because mm -hmm. it does paint a picture of what happened. You know what I'm saying? This paints a yeah. huge picture about what happened. And I think injuries play a huge thing in this. But like you even go back one year and you get all of Garrett Cole's statistics and, and this team looks totally different. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. you get all his innings, you get all his numbers and this and, and the Pirates are not going to be at the very bottom from just one guy. Right. I would think. I mean, his numbers are really good. Yeah, they are. So that's all. Uh, man, I, I did like reading this though. And it is telling. And it is something that it should be an eyebrow raiser. And it should be a, finally someone puts it on paper what we've been talking about. Yeah. Because this is a problem for Pittsburgh. It has been a problem. And I'm hoping, I'm hoping that the signs we're seeing make us come to life a little bit. Yeah. And we get to see that maybe this does get better. I don't, I don't think they're going to be in the top. Like I, I don't see that. Right. right. You don't make you don't make that big of a jump. Well, but. it's not even that. It's you could. It's a complete overhaul. You could see that big of a That's jump. That's true. Yeah. But I, I still I I when I look at the names there, I don't see. I see Paul Skeens, and then I see a bunch of other guys. So the development part yeah. of that, like let's say a Bubba Chandler, the development part of that is can you elevate him? to someone that is better than Mitch Keller. You know what I'm saying? Like right, that's what yeah. that's what we need to see now. Uh other than that, dude, just go sign a pitcher right now. Just go sign one. <laughs> While we wait. While we wait, uh go get somebody for the 2024 season and let's move. Uh you know, I I don't do this to to call people out, right? I just I want my voice heard on on things that you know, we we see differently. And I mm -hmm. think that's part of the discussion. I'm not discrediting uh, what anybody else is saying. Like I said, you could favor their side, favor you know what I'm saying. You could throw it all in the garbage. It's fine. It's part of the discussion. That's what we're here for. Yep. And that's what we like to do. Um, did we have anything else? I thought there was something. Oh, um, we're kind of wrapping it up here. We ran over. Mm -hmm. Okay. We're going to spring training. Yeah. Yep. We'll be down there. That's fun. So I'm sure we'll talk about that more than uh, coming weeks, and we'll try to do some stuff while we're down there. But Yeah. Do you have anything else? My heart's clear, man. Go Bucks. Okay. Yeah, let's go Bucks. <laughs> Thanks for listening to my dad and Uncle Jake on the Bridge to Bucktober podcast. Follow them on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Bridge the Number Two October. Don't forget to subscribe so you know when new episodes are released. Clear the deck, cannonball coming, and let's go, Bucks!